All right, attention everyone. Attention, please take your seats. We're about to begin. Today we're talking about forever. Hello everyone. I'm Monica Reinagel. I'm here with Brock Armstrong. Hey everybody. And you are listening to the Change Academy podcast, a show about creating positive changes that last. Before we dig into today's show, I just thought I'd mention, you know, we're living in a time right now when we're talking about change on a lot of different levels. We're, as a society, having conversations about systemic change and societal change, and all of those are really important conversations that Brock and I are also taking part in, in our personal lives and professional lives. But I thought it might be good to be clear that in this podcast, we're focused on personal behavior change, Mm -hmm. how to create the mindset, the habits, and the lifestyle that allow you to be the person that you want to be in this world. But we do believe that the tools and the skills that allow you to do that can be applied to literally any change that you would like to create in the larger world as well. So with that, let's jump into today's episode. Sure. Well said. That's an important, important distinction to make. Now, Today's episode is the final one in, I guess, what we consider to sort of be the introductory series to sort of set the stage for what this podcast is going to be going forward. So we've actually, as of this episode, we are coming to the end of the list of eight things that we believe need to be in place in order for real, sustainable, lasting change to actually happen in our lives. This is probably a good time to review those eight things, don't you think? I was just going to do that. This is a great idea. (laughs) So what we have covered so far, and I encourage you, if you haven't already listened to the the previous episodes, go back and listen to them because it'll set the stage for everything else. But what we have covered so far is number one was a reason or a compelling reason, I guess, is what we really got into. Number two was curiosity. Number three was an objective. Number four was a plan. And number five was support. Number six is practice. Practice, practice. I can't say just one practice. There's something (laughs) wrong with me. I just can't do it. Uh, Number seven (laughs) is failure. And today we're tackling number eight. That might sound a little bit odd at the end of the list of things I just uh, went through, but today is forever. And what I mean by that is that there is no finish line that you're going to cross, that change is truly forever. So before we uh, jump into forever, we like to spend a little bit of time at the beginning of each episode just talking about some of the things that we've been working on ourselves and our own lives because we are, like everyone else, a work in progress, happy to be, proud even to be a work in progress. Uh, so what have you been working on, Monica? Rock, I've been working on my piano chops. Oh, I've been playing (laughs) some piano and this grew out of the realization that I just needed something to do at the end of the day to kind of relax and transition out of the work day other than flop into a chair on my porch with a gin and tonic as inviting (laughs) as that is as fun as that was. It seemed my imagination was failing me and uh, it was kind of the only way I could think of to unwind at the end of the day. And although that can be fun on occasion, I don't like the way, always like the way that the rest of the evening unfolds. It kind of puts a damper on anything else, you know, creative or interesting or 
energetic, energetic yeah. happening for the rest of the day. And especially now that the days are so long, we're recording this just a day after the summer solstice. And it just felt like a waste, you know, to kind of pack the day in for all intents and purposes. So I was looking around for something else that would be really relaxing. And I have been sitting down and just playing piano for 30 or 45 minutes at the end of the day. And it's great because it's such a hard stop from work. There is mm. no way to continue to think about work or continue to problem solve while doing that. And it's just been really fun and really relaxing. And of course, I'm terrible because I haven't played uh, <laughs> very much lately. But um, that's what that's what I've been doing the last few days, couple weeks. So are you actually using like sheet music, proper sheet music in front of you? Or are you playing off the top yeah. of your head? Or? No, I'm working on some Beethoven sonatas. Nice. Yeah, I have a, an app for my iPad that uh, that displays sheet music on it. And it's awesome because you can just download all kinds of different music and stuff. And you just put the iPad up on the on where you would put the sheet music on the piano. The only problem is, is then you get notifications if somebody sends you a text message or phones oh, you or something. So that would definitely harsh my mellow. Yes. Yeah. Putting it into airplane mode is the is an important <laughs> move when you're using that app. But um <laughs> You know, what I'm working on sort of ties into that in terms of sort of setting a new a new habit sort of coming out of this uh, this <laughs> lockdown pandemic that that we're in. We're starting to open things up, at least here in, in Vancouver. We're starting to to sort of extend the networks and, and the people that we're interacting with, still keeping that two meters apart or six feet apart and uh, and masks and outdoors as much as possible, not only because it's actually nice and, and a good time of year to be outside, but it also just sort of makes that interaction a lot less stressful. But meeting up with people in very, di or not in very different ways, but in some different ways than maybe we did before the pandemic, being that it was February, the last time we were sort of getting together with people, it was rainy and cold and snowy and stuff. So a lot of meetups were happening at bars or coffee shops or restaurants and things like that. So I'm taking this opportunity to actually see some friends go to the beach, go to parks, go on hikes, go on bike rides and things like that. So not only is it safer in terms of social distancing, but I'm actually setting some new new sort of ground rules for <laughs> if you're going to hang out with Brock, you're going to do it on a hike. We're not going to sit there and just munch on things and and drink and spend copious amounts of money on coffee and snacks and stuff. We're going to go out and enjoy some some nature and uh, and movement and fresh air and stuff. Nice. And hopefully that'll continue on. That we'll set a new standard for the way that we interact with each other in in this new coming into this new world of ours. Well, you practice that, you practice, practice, practice it enough times and it will have started to create a new habit and not just a temporary detour from the old habit. Yeah. Well, and I guess the the key is to be intentional about it and not just sort of let it let it fall apart when when we're able to let it fall mm -hmm. apart, like keep that intention of maintaining a, an active time. I always say like I sold my car 10 years ago and and I always say it was the greatest thing I ever did for my health. And whenever I suggest that people do that, they're immediately pushing back saying I couldn't sell my car. I've got three kids and I live in the suburbs. I need my car and I'm like, "Okay, whoa. I'm not saying you have to sell your car, but just adopting that mindset or having that idea that you don't always have to use the car, that there's an other option. And I guess this is this would be the same sort of idea, that there's always this other option rather than just going for coffee 
we could go play badminton or we could go for a hike or we could go for a bike ride or something. So it's not that you can't ever go for coffee with me again, <laughs> but there's always an option to do something else. Yeah. Nice to expand the repertoire of ways to spend yeah. time with people that we like to be with. Like playing the piano instead of drinking gin. Yes. Wait, that sounds like you. <laughs> I'm framing you in a terrible light by saying that. <laughs> well, before we transition into our primary discussion today, I did want to just take a second and let people know, most of you listening are probably aware by now that Brock and I are the co-founders of the Way Less program. This is a group coaching program in which we work on sustainable weight loss. We show people how to stop dieting, which is pretty much my mission in life to get people to stop dieting, and how to start weighing less without that. And the reason I bring it up is that next Sunday on June 28th, we're offering a free workshop and we're going to be sharing the five key shifts that we found in our program to be essential when people are switching from that dieter's mindset to a way less mindset. So if that's a change that you're working on or you'd like to work on and you'd like to take part in that workshop, you can register at wayless.life slash change. And we will then see you live on a Zoom call in just a few days. And that's way less, like W-E-I-G-H-L-E-S-S. I think some people get, uh, ah, yes. get confused. Maybe we should register W-A-Y less. <laughs> way less dot life, right, slash change to sign up for that. All right. Awesome. Enough of the announcements. Let's dive in. Okay. So forever. The way that I sort of look at this, or I guess a good way to sort of bring this into focus or, or frame it right from the beginning is to, to say that change is a process, not a product. Right. So when we say that one of the eight things that we think is important for, for lasting change. The reason that forever is on that list is because, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's not a finish line that you cross. Like I always use the the idea that like fitness in my world, because I'm a, a movement and fitness expert, I there's never a time when you just sort of wipe your hands on your pants and pat yourself on the back and say, there it is. I'm fit now. I'm done. And you stay fit for the rest of your life. It's not a thing that you complete. It's a behavior that you've adopted to the point where it just becomes part of your life. And so being a fit person is part of your identity. It's part of the rest of your life. It is truly forever. It's not something that you just sort of finish and check off a list or finish and abandon. It's part of your identity going forward. So change is a process rather than a product. Yeah, maybe it's helpful to talk about a distinction between permanent change and sustainable change. I think mm -hmm. sometimes people think, you know, I want to do this and I want to make this a permanent change. But the thing is that change changes you. As we change, we become different people. It's a very dynamic thing. And so I think that as we change, we achieve various goals and objectives. We discover new ones. You know, we may set a new goal or a new challenge or, or take a slightly different path than we and continue to change in a way that we might not have seen going in. And so that's why I prefer to think of change as being a sustainable, dynamic process rather than, you know, a, a permanent change, uh, because that seems unrealistic. You know, for not only does change change us, but life changes us, right? We get yeah. older, our bodies change, 
our circumstances change, we may move, we may get a new job, relationship statuses change. And so we often have to change how we're changing. You know, we have to (laughs) tweak or, or maybe even completely overhaul whatever systems and methods we've put into place or, or we've worked on. So you're kind of never done changing, but I hope that doesn't feel exhausting for people to hear. I hope it sounds kind of exciting because that's what I think of it as. Well, and I think sometimes the exhausting sort of feeling comes from the thought that if you want to, let's say you've started an exercise program and all of a sudden you want to start saving more money for retirement or something like that. The idea that you need to to have your have two balls in the air, so to speak, <laughs> juggling two balls is very awkward and, and strange, but stick with my metaphor here. Um, so if you have two balls in the air, it's a lot more difficult than just when there is only one ball in the air. But the idea that things are forever and that change changes you, it's more of a, a cumulative mm. kind of a thing rather than an additive Thing, if that if that distinction makes sense, so you're not necessarily having to abandon the thing that you changed previously because you don't have the time or the energy to to continue doing both of them. If that change was set up with the idea of it being forever, the systems are in place and the habits are in place, and your lifestyle has changed, your identity has changed, your habitat has changed to support that. So it becomes automatic. It almost becomes like tying your shoes or brushing your teeth or something like that. It's not something that you have to actively be spending mental energy on. So when you add that next thing, when you decide that it's time to plan for retirement better or time to do do some other major change, it's not a it's not yet another thing that I need to think about because that other thing is already so automatic that you're ready for for something else. And that's where I think the the forever part comes in for me. I think also we get better at designing change and implementing change. We get better at the kind of problem solving and taking a look at like, wow, what's getting in my way here? Or what could I do to remove barriers to refer back to some of the things that we've been talking in previous episodes? How can I make lower the resistance to this? You get used to thinking that way. You get used to solving those problems. And so the process of change itself becomes less challenging. I live in a house that's about 120 years old. And we always say, you know, we're never going to be finished (laughs) um, (laughs) taking care of this house. Uh, There's always something that needs to be updated or replaced or fixed. I kind of feel like we we make about every 10 years, we make our way around the entire house and then we just start over again where we started. (laughs) But then also we often think of something new, a a new improvement, a new addition. Uh, We tackled, because we've been spending so much time at home the last three months, we tackled a whole corner of our yard that we've basically just been ignoring the whole time that we've lived here and thought, let's take this on. Let's come up with a plan. Let's pull some of this out. Let's put a design together. And so it wasn't just maintenance. It wasn't just, oh, it's time to, it's time to replace the the caulk in the bathroom. <laughs> it was actually thinking up a, a way to to move it to a different level. And I think life and our bodies are a little bit like living in a hold in an old house. We're never really done maintaining and uh, solving the problems, but it doesn't mean that we can't continually be reaching for new frontiers or new levels or exciting new additions that we can that we can put on. And it really is 
it really is a very fun and creative process. There are two things I really like about what you just said. And the first one is that you're seeing some of these things that could be viewed as, like we were talking about earlier, some sort of like something to scare you or something to be another stress in your life. But you're viewing these as opportunities to to do something different. Instead of seeing it as a as a chore, mm. you're actually turning it into an opportunity to do something fancier with your yard rather than just like, oh, the fence needs painting again. It's like, well, what can we do instead of just painting the fence that could either make it just different or even better or maybe more resistant to the weather or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like looking at it as an opportunity to do something exciting, fun, new, interesting, not just dragging yourself. It's that old idea of like saying like, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't have to look after my children. I get to look after my children. I don't have to drive to work. I get to drive to work. Just that mental flip of opportunity versus chore, I think is, is really important. And the other thing that I really liked about what you said was that you're viewing just to stay with your house sort of idea. You've, you've, when you took on the prospect of buying a 120 year old house, you embraced the idea that this is the way that it, it's need, it's going to need to be looked after. You knew that going into it. So you knew that down the road, it's going to need a new roof. It's going to need a new water heater. It's going to have all these ongoing things. And you made the decision at that point that that was okay with you. And I think a lot of people miss that that sort of thought process when they make a decision to make a change in their life or to make a commitment in their life. And I often come back to like a workout plan or a, or a weight loss plan just because that's our our wheelhouse. It's that idea of looking at whatever the plan is that you're about to adopt and then think, well, then what? Like what's going, going to happen down the road? What happens in five years from now? What happens in six months from now? What What happens in 10 years from now? And being okay with the fact that there isn't a finish line. Yeah. And I think a way that you can kind of check yourself uh, about whether you are viewing this as a kind of forever project is is to ask yourself whether the objectives or the goals that you've set for yourself, whether it's saving more money or getting in shape or losing weight or working on a relationship, whatever it is, are you framing it in terms of, I'm going to do this until. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing until. I'm going to train every day until the day of the race. I'm going to eat this way until I reach my goal weight. I'm going to watch my spending until I hit a certain amount in my checking account. You know, that is viewing change as a finish line instead of an ongoing process. So if you find yourself thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this until I ring some sort of bell or cross some sort of line, then, then you're not really thinking in terms of forever. But I think it really helps if you we can catch ourselves and not fall into the the trap of feeling that change is about fixing things that are wrong with us. Yeah. Because that just feels, mm-hmm. that could feel overwhelming to think like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life fixing the stuff that's wrong with me or until I'm perfect, <laughs> uh, which is obviously never going to happen. Well, that belief that we're somehow broken, yeah. that we're broken in the first place and need fixing. But if all of your goals and all of the changes that you're trying to create in your life are to fix things that are wrong, that really is 
does put a pretty negative color on things. But if instead, and this is really just what you were just saying about instead of having to do something, getting to do this, that change can be such an exciting creative process of creating something that doesn't exist now, of creating a future that's a little bit different than our present. And, uh, and that really fuels me with a lot of the energy that it takes to persist in this ongoing process. I think the the term self-improvement mm. has gotten a little bit muddied and people look at any sort of self-improvement somehow is pointing out a flaw yeah. in them. And it, it, it it's not supposed to be. <laughs> self-improvement is just taking what you've got right now and just making it a little bit better or, or moving yourself towards a goal or an, an objective that you want. It's not about being broken and needing to fix it. It's just an improvement, just like your house. The house is okay, but... It could be fancier, or the door could be less squeaky, or the whatever. Yeah. But you can live in the house right now. It's not, you're not going to die living in it. You're not exposed to the elements. It's fine the way it is, but that doesn't mean you can't make it a little bit better. So true. Maybe if we thought in terms of evolution instead of improvement, it mm. would give us credit for where we are now and where we've gotten up until now. And those little shifts in language that we use, even if it's just inside our own head, can make such a big difference in the way we feel about things and the way our life feels to us and the way our challenges feel to us. Yeah. Earlier when you were talking about changing something until you hit the goal, like you you hit a certain amount of money in your, your savings account or something like that, I was thinking about sort of, I was picturing that person just white knuckling it mm -hmm. too, like just using like every ounce of willpower and every motivational poster they can muster because all they have to, they just have six more months and they'll be done. And even worse, I, when I worked for the government, I knew people who had 20 years left before retirement, but they were still white knuckling it to to retirement. And that just breaks my heart. And I think that's part of this idea of you need to to look at a bigger picture and, and think of things in terms of the rest of your life. Like if you're having to white knuckle and use every ounce of your willpower to just live your life, like just make these sacrifices again and again and again, hoping to reach some sort of point when you feel fixed or you feel whole, it's that's just no way to live. So making your decisions based on something that you know is a longer term or that putting that that forever frame to keep coming back to the word that we've chosen here, putting that forever frame on it can help you make a decision of like, okay, if this is forever, is this what I want my life to be like? Or is there a better way that I can I can work on this and achieve that same that same outcome without having to to suffer for the rest of my life. Sure. Forever. Sure. Well, I feel like we got kind of philosophical in this episode. Maybe we should... There's a reason why this was the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should bring it down to earth with some takeaways. What do we want people, now that we've waxed philosophical for a few minutes here, what would we like people to take away from this conversation? Okay, well, I think... One of the things that we covered, I'm not going to say the first thing because I lost track a little bit of what order we were talking about things, but one of the one of the main points was that we aren't simply reaching a finish line with these changes that we're we're making, that we're actually changing ourselves like fundamentally 
from the inside out, I guess. Right. And just to remember that that's a dynamic process. Maybe instead of thinking so much in terms of permanent change, think of sustainable change because mm. change is an ongoing process. Okay. Well, I think another thing that we covered was that the great thing about thinking of your change as being forever is that you don't have to abandon one goal or objective or or desire or movement towards your your future self or your ideal self in order to to start another project because if you're doing it if you're really incorporating and embodying this change it's not yet another thing that you have to pile on top of your already busy life because it's becoming fundamentally part of your identity and your day and your lifestyle and your habitat. So you're, it's not something to get stressed out and overwhelmed by. It's actually something to to get excited and look at as an opportunity, just like you were saying about fixing the corner of your yard. Yeah. And then I guess the final thing that I can think of is that this is a great framework that you can use to actually evaluate the things that you are thinking about spending time on, focusing and doing for yourself which is actually a big part of today's lab experiment. So do you want to talk about that? So take a look at one of the goals or objectives. There may be one in particular that you've been kind of carrying through this whole multi-episode discussion, or you may have been thinking about changes on, on a variety of fronts. Um, but take, take a look at one of them and, uh, and ask yourself, is this a change that I want to sustain forever? And if the answer is no, that's a really interesting clue as to how close, how important that change is to you. If the answer is yes, then it might be interesting to ask yourself, well, what will happen if I stop, if I decide to stop this behavior or as Brock likes to say, or then what? If the answer is, if I stop this behavior, I'll lose all my progress and eventually have to start back at square one. That's another indication that this isn't a forever behavior. So I guess we want you to take a look at uh, at something during the next week or so that you're you're thinking about incorporating and apply these criteria to it and uh, and then let us know in the various places where you can contact us and we'll let you know where those are at the end of the show. But first, I want to just reiterate that this is the end of our first sort of series, our indoctrination, shall we say, into the Change Academy. Orientation, maybe we there could say. You. That's, yeah, that's less intimidating. We are free thinkers. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure that we're covering topics that are important to you guys, basically from this point on. We hope that you guys will help us shape which direction this show goes. So if you can send us notes on topics that you hope we'll cover specific examples of things that you're currently struggling with or have struggled with in the past and didn't find a solution for just let us know anything that you uh, that you'd like to to have us tackle and we're happy to to oblige because we really want this to be a two-way street we don't want to just be shouting into the void of the internet which could be a really easy thing to do so how can the folks connect with us well, there are a few different ways that you can join the Change Academy. You can subscribe to the podcast. So wherever you're listening right now, you can just pull out your device and hit the little plus sign or whatever it is that puts us on your I love these guys best list. We'd love that. Um, and if you do love us best and you want to take a minute and give us a review or a rating, that's so helpful for new podcasts, which this is. 
Um, and we have so appreciated the reviews that many of you have posted already. But if you haven't yet given us a review and you'd like to, we'd be grateful to you as well. We have a newsletter that goes out whenever we release a new podcast. We just send a little note giving you a heads up that it's in your feed and a little bit about what it's about. Uh, and also, if we have any special events, such as the workshop that we have coming up on the 28th, we can also let you know through our newsletter. You can get on that list by going to our website at changeacademypodcast.com and put yourself on the mailing list. We promise not to abuse your email. Hmm. Um, we also, Brock has set us up with channels on all of your favorite social media platforms. So whichever one is your favorite, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Just on any of those, we are at change ACPOD. So if you're a social media maven, we'd love to see you there. And then however you have chosen to connect with us, like Brock says, drop us a note and let us know what you're working on and how we can help. And we look forward to being back in our next episode with a brand new topic. Yeah, and we have no idea what it's going to be at this moment. So, <laughs> Oh, I have some ideas. <laughs> we have some ideas, but if you guys have yeah. some ideas, let us know. All right, we'll see you soon. All right, thank you, everyone. That concludes the Change Academy for today. Don't forget about your lab experiment, and that it is forever. <laughs>